Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That Tech Show, the show that reveals the magicians behind the magic that is everyday technology. You know it by now. On this week's episode, we have Dean Kuchel and we talk all about being a digital nomad, working remotely and how companies can embrace remote workers better. We also talk about what exciting tools and technology are just around the corner, hoping to address the cultural problems with this new remote-first revolution brought along by the pandemic. It's a really insightful conversation. If you're interested in becoming a digital nomad, then Dean is always up for a chat. And so without further ado, here is Dean Kuchel. Hey guys, Dean Kuchel, or where is Dean on social media? I stand for remote work and digital nomad lifestyle. I've been traveling the world for uh, eight years now, visited more than 100 countries in the process and met awesome, awesome people along the way. I'm the founder of Digital Nomad Israel, the largest, uh, one of the largest communities in the world for digital nomads. And I'm working now on the Digital Nomad World, a new platform and social network for digital nomads around the world. So join me there. Nice. Um, I'm just typing those frantically down. Just what was that last one you said? Digital Nomad World. Digital Nomad World. Okay, I'll write that down so we can chat about that. Just quickly, what what's your name? What's my name? We 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 met and you introduced yourself <laughs> as Dean. And yes. I see Nimrod everywhere, which is an amazing name. Uh, my full name is Nimrod Dean Kuchel. I was born Nimrod Kuchel. And Nimrod is a Hebrew name. Uh, where I'm from, I'm from Israel my native language and then in the u.s nimrod is moron or stupid quite often so it didn't work well when i moved to new york and i had to adopt something a little bit more easier then i adopted dean and i've been going with dean for 16 17 years now it's just my i dedicate my life to people to meet people as i travel and my work and then Every time I introduce myself as Nemo, the first 10, 15 minutes of conversation will be around my mess. So I'm just like, all right, let's take a, let's take a different pitch. <laughs> there we go. Um, and so for those new or interested or whatever into the world of digital nomad, in your own words, what is a digital nomad? A digital nomad is a person who can conduct and do the work from anywhere in the world, regardless of the location and using digital means. This is the, the one term that I'm, I'm going with. And for me, a person you know, like you, you're Chris, you choose to work from home today. You might choose to work from a coffee shop or from a court space the next day. That's, that's a digital nomad. A lot of people, and me too, kind of starting to walk away from, from this definition because a digital nomad is not really what define the person or the people that you meet along the way. We are partners and fathers. We might be coders or designers. We might be you know, um, spiritual people. And digital nomad is, is really more of a kind of a lifestyle for me, right? It doesn't define much more than that. But for me, like the, the reason I live as a digital nomad and I use it to to have freedom, freedom to move, freedom to be in the, the perfect weather, the, the right time zone, the right people around me. I want to see different cultures and meet different friends. So I define myself a digital nomad just for the sense of freedom that it created for me. This lifestyle, the, the way I work, allowed me also to achieve financial freedom in an early age, um, explore the world, of course, and see so much before the age of uh, 40. I'm, I'm 39 now. Mm. 
That's um, that's really interesting because do you think people are defining personalities because they're a digital nomad then? And do you think that's a bad thing? Like why? Because, you know, we'll get into our, you know, our mutual kind of um, meeting and all the rest of it. But like there is somewhat of a stigmatism within the digital nomad community around the term digital nomad. But from your perspective, like are people like preempting or, or being prejudiced around the term digital nomad? Um, you make some assumption on a person if you, you say, oh, it's a digital nomad or are you a digital nomad? And it brings different ideas. Um, you know, my, your parents might think that you're just a gypsy. They don't know what you do maybe <laughs> or like, what's going on with your life. Some can call you out on that. It's not being professional because you travel the world. And so, no, I haven't, I haven't met a company who wants to hire a digital nomad. I know companies want to hire remote employees and remote professionals. No one wants to hire a digital nomad. Uh, now, the reason I'm saying it is because I recently had conversation with some governments and um, companies that are trying to target digital nomads, right, as their uh, crowd and the market segment. Countries calling nomads to come and stay in their borders for long term, spend their money, merge with the local community. And the conversation with me is digital nomads, digital nomads, and how do we attract digital nomads. Well, digital nomad is not one animal, right? If we look at Bali, Bali attracts a lot of uh, spiritual people. It's an amazing space if you, if you like to meditate or try breath work and other spiritual practices, or if you like to surf. And then if you like more the city life, you might end up going to, to Medellin or uh, Canary Islands, for example, right? Mm. Bangkok may be a, a better example. So when, when a business wants to attract, I, I'm talking to digital nomads, I have a community for nomads. What is a nomad? Like it cannot be, you know, it's not one persona. This is why I'm kind of trying to uh, give a very fluffy definition to, to the term. Because mm, I, I will say, you know, being objective, I will say, you know, being in Bali and the the types of people that it does attract tend to be very um quite young oftentimes quite young very early on in their career so you know not having met someone unless you on a video call or whatever you know so there's a lot of youth in the digital nomad community there's a lot of um i don't want to say selfishness because that's, that's, that sounds negative but it, there's a there's an element of like i'm prioritizing a lot of my personal which is totally correct by the way i think we should have a better work-life balance and all the rest of it but you know that's from my direct experience i wouldn't know how businesses and whatever how they would sort of necessarily know that but there, there is a spectrum i've met people like yourself who are very focused on their business and what they do and i've met the other end of the spectrum which is some people bumming around trying to build an app whilst chilling on a beach you know kind of you know going through that so yeah i think um i think it would be interesting to bring chris into the the picture here because had you had heard of a digital nomad or anything around digital nomad before chris uh well i not in quite so much the roaming sense that you guys are more experienced with um i've, I've known i've worked in places where people are um would would flip between two different locations. In fact, actually, Sam, when we worked at Talk Talk, there was one guy who um, spent, I think, three months in Brazil and then three months in the UK, and he would rotate. Oh, I remember, yeah. 
And there's a couple of people I'm working with at the moment who, again, have moved out to different countries. But what, and, and that's quite progressive for those organizations that they've actually been able to adopt people who are quite comfortable being in different locations. And as you know, they, they solve all of their, they try their best to solve all of the problems around having people who are, oh, actually, now they're on a different time zone. I was wondering if you had any advice, Dean, on like for organizations, like how does a company become good at adopting? digital nomads or having people that are in different time zones? That's a great question. And so many companies are now dealing with this lifestyle that people adopt as a result of COVID and they kind of pushed into taking on remote work. When it comes to, to time zone, to be honest, I look at remote work still as a privilege for the employee rather than a benefit that, uh, or, or a way of work that company uh, live by. Right. So. If you want to be a remote professional, it's um, up to you to be the best team player. People think, oh, I work remote, so I, I'm not in a team setup, right? I don't need to be a good team player. No, you need to be a much better team player to compensate for the distance. Communication, you need to be a much better communicator because of the distance. And when it comes to discipline, if you choose to be in Bali and your company is West Coast uh, USA, you need to understand that Friday night is not going out to to a bar, it's staying home and, and taking those calls with, with your clients, your customers, with your business. You can grow your, your business if you don't put hours. You know, digital, being a digital nomad doesn't exempt you from the hard work. So there is a common practice among companies that there is a four to six hours of overlap between different teams, right? If you a team of coders, it is expected that you will have four hours of overlap. And yeah, if it means that you cannot be in Tonga while your company is sitting in, in Austin, Texas, then don't, don't be in Tonga. Um, I don't think companies should work with anything and any, you know, I want to be in, in Tonga and then Samoa, it's like, it might not work for the company and that's fine. Now, of course, you need to adopt tools like, you know, Slack, Zoom, MS Teams uh, that allow you for good asynchronic uh, communication. And also companies need to understand that's a good way to, to, to feel the employee. Is he a good employee? Does he feed the culture? Is not. A lot of the digital nomads find out very quickly that this is not for them. Uh, even if they slow meds and they choose to be three months in Brazil and three months um, in Bulgaria, they might find out that this is too much of, of a time shift or culture change for them and uh, they want to travel. A lot of uh, the questions very often that people ask, how do you deal with all the temptation that you have around you when you go to a new place, but you need to sit down and work. So a, a remote worker and a digital nomad might not have common interest in life, but they do need to have, I think, uh, common traits of discipline and responsibility. So I I'm taking your question and instead of putting it on the companies, I, I kind of want to move this responsibility to, to the, the employees and um, the freelancers and all. So you still need to be very disciplined. And from the companies, again, is to promote it. Before COVID, there were a lot of, the many research was done around the remote work because this was the most lucrative benefit employees asked for. Uh, but also it came with a price to the companies because they find out that attrition is very, very low. And nomads and remote workers tend to stay much longer with the company and, and be much more uh, disciplined and just adhere to the company's vision long term because if you allow me while i'm in my 30s to live the dream life that i want save more money live where i want travel the world while i do my work and 
progress my career, why would I leave this company? Like, why would I ever quit this job? And then that's my long answer to your short question. <laughs> I'm just wondering how, how you get to a point there where a company can sort of adopt that approach because there's quite a lot of pre-work essentially or setup work that a company has to do. So I know, for example, with one of the clients I'm working with at the moment, they have someone out in Brazil, I believe. They have someone out in New Zealand. And because they don't actually have like an entity in that in that region uh, and the people have actually I think they've I think they've actually maybe moved permanently now but because of them being in different places they have to think about how do they deal with tax from a company perspective you know do they now become a contractor that they've got to send the the money to rather than having an actual an actual business entity in that region I'm wondering what thing because I think we I mean Sam and I've had conversations with a number of business leaders where actually they found themselves to be much more productive because they've had people all over the globe. And I'm wondering for a company that doesn't have that and maybe has some employees who want to go out and, and move to different parts of the world, how do you help that company to start adopting those processes? Because there's quite a lot of setup work that they might need to do. Before you answer, can I jump in with like just a clarification? Because I don't know whether you meant this, Chris, entirely, but I think the difference... I think I think what you were speaking about was more remote workers, someone who is in a different part of the world. Whereas a digital nomad, from my understanding and perspective, is someone who actively will keep traveling and move around and aren't necessarily based in one place. So does your question change at all based on that clarification? Or do you think that the, the same question applies? I don't know. I'll, I'll refer to Dean. <laughs> there you go. I believe that a digital nomad is any person who can work remotely and it doesn't matter if they choose to stay in one place, if they want to live in Reading, UK, never leave the house, they're still a digital nomad as long as this is their choice, right? If I tell you, no, Sam, you must travel, then I'm taking the first uh, right of being a digital nomad, the freedom to choose where to be, right? So people choose to be digital nomad because they just want to live closer to, your, to their parents, for example. It doesn't mean they, they travel the world. Um, and, and for me, this is a very important part of the definition. And when it comes to companies, um, I definitely want to see more and more companies adopt remote work and allow people to, to work from anywhere they want. Having the right environment and setup is so important for the employee. Me waking up in the place I want, it makes me super happy, super motivated. I, I wake up full of energy allow me to arrange my day better. I'm more productive in the evening. So I choose to be uh, in Asia where I can work out in the day, have my lunch, work with, with people. And then the evening is the, this is where I sit down and, and, and crunch um, in the numbers in my work, right? So there's a, many, many good reasons for companies to, to adopt it. Now, it doesn't need to be all or nothing, black or white and immediate change. Okay, everyone go home. Uh, it, needs, it has to be gradual change. Don't, if the company is US-based or UK-based, it's not like send everyone around the world. Like, hey, let's, let's work. You want to move around Europe? Easy. I can still pay you. You can maintain your rights. You know, let's, let's do a trial. Go do it for a month. Go do it for two months. See if it works for you. And the employees not often understand what it means to move. So allow them to do, him, to do it. And I always remind the businesses I work with, I'm not going out of space and even then it will take me maybe a couple of days to return, right? So I'm in Israel now. My company is based in the company I work with is based in the States. If they ever need me in the office, 
maximum 24 hours for me to be there. I mean, all I have is a single carry on and I go on the next flight, I'll be there. With time, they learn that location really doesn't matter. Like I had uh, employees that told me, can you stay in the same time zone? Like if the work is in the States, stay in Mexico or Canada. And after a month, like you pick up the phone, it's like, they understand, like they, they don't ask me, are you, are you in Mexico? Like, it's like, you know what? It's really, it's really stupid. If you're not in the office, it doesn't matter where you, where you're at. If you keep up, if you keep picking up the phone. So companies will learn slowly that it works and we learn how to, to deal with the time differences. Again, it's important for companies to set up policy. Do your four hours of, um, of work with the same time with, with your team. They have open your camera when you, when you have meetings. This is the best way to bridge on, on distance. Um, have conversation outside of your just business meeting. A lot of the innovation just happen in companies happens as a result of the water cooler chat, right? So have set up this water cooler chat for your employees. Use digital platform to allow just happy hours and, and uh, off the record conversations. And then when it comes to the technicality of how to pay and how to employ, there are many solutions. So this is now pretty easy to do. Uh, one way, which I prefer is to, to work as a freelancer, to invoice companies, but then we see so many companies now like Let's Bill and Papaya Global, companies that allow you to employ people all around the world easily. They're on the payroll. Um, they just set up the, the entities all over the world. So it makes it really a breeze to, to employ any person from anywhere. And then, you know, Sam, you, you talked about, I think it was you, what productivity for companies and how it helps them. Of course, if, if um, you know, I'm coming from Israel, I need a Spanish speaker uh, employee. If I lock myself to the talent pool here in Israel, what are the odds that I will find an Argentinian who speak um, Argentinian Spanish to employ my offices? So I have maybe one person like this and who knows if he's free to work and he wants to work for my company or is the right fit. If I just change the location of this position from Tel Aviv to remote, think how many opportunities open up for my community now. It also goes for uh, availability. A company which is, has a small office in Tel Aviv, it, it can turn global in, in a month and have people available all over the world for customer service, for sales. And also I think that we all need to be more multicultural today. No one sells for local markets anymore. There are all the reasons for companies to adopt remote work, but there are all the reasons also to worry about culture and, and keeping the talent with you. Mm. And I was going to say like, um, with all that, I wanted to give a shout out to my mates company omnipresent who are, who do specialize, you mentioned a cup of papaya and, and, and one other one around how they're making it easier to, um, to, to hire remote people, right? They handle all the localization and, and all the rest of it. And, and then it's not really up to the, um, well, not this, not up to the business, but it's, uh, it makes it easier for the business to adopt a hiring process. I think then it falls down to the teams and the managers to have that culture in place where they are having those water cooler moments. That's something I'm trying, I've tried to adopt with my current work that, you know, after every meeting, we just sort of expect to hang around for 15 minutes and just have a chat. And that's what I call the water cooler moment. And often the best ideas come out of that. So if I, I think 
it's very easy for companies to adopt a remote working thing with these companies like Let's Steal Papaya, Global, and, and Omnipresent. It's then a, it's then a sort of next step to um, to keep that culture. Which I, I had a question around like you staying social and active and things like that. Is it you know your motto is just was it or just say yes, say yes and go explore yes, <laughs> say yes and go explore yeah yeah. Um, is that a motto that you feel like is 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 essential for a digital nomad to actually excel in being a digital nomad, being someone who's remote? Saying yes, I think is the secret for enjoying life and try different things. Um, I really think that by saying yes to everything and anything in life, uh, I brought a lot of good opportunities and many good things. And you, know, you ask, do you want to be on this podcast? Yes. Do you, do you want to be on TV? Yes. Do you want to give talks? Yes. Do you want to start a company? And the social network from digital nomads, yes and yes. And not with everything I carry on forever and ever. And sometimes things turn to be not as fun or what I expected, but I tried. Uh, think of a person who sits at home and says no to, to everything. No, you basically just sit at home. So saying yes, create this progress. You cannot fail in life. You can only do and create and, and make progress. You know, if there are a thousand biz- uh, jobs in the world and you get nine, 999 uh, no's, it means that you know better what's right for for you. Um, so you cannot really fail. And this is why I say yes to everything. I can think of my life in a, in a different way. And this is also for companies. An employee asks you, can I work remote? Try it. What's the worst can be, right? Okay, it doesn't work after two weeks. $50 on some cheap airline and he's back in the office. Um, no one sell their house and all their belongings when, when they go work remote the first time. And, and this is the notion of, of saying yes. Um, I don't think that all the good things happened to me in my life are the result of me saying yes. Nothing good ever, ever happened to me as a result of me saying no. And that's put it in, in simple words, why, why I keep saying yes to, to everything. Yeah. And especially when it comes to, to meeting people. You know, so often um, when you travel, there's like a meetup, it's like 9 p.m. in some bar and you already had three nights out before. And say, should I go to this meetup? Should I not? And every single time I return from these meetups, tired, I tell myself, I was so lucky to say yes and go. The the, the people I met there, you know, the the, the connections, the vibe, I I might be swamped and tired, but still, I come up with so many good memories and stories and inspiration. And, you know, how how I met you in in an event in a co-working space in Australia. So it's, it's even the small things, like, should I reach out to this guy and say hi and so on so uh, you you think you you wrote me on facebook or something like that i'm not sure how we got connected so i i remember this i i um it, it was a we work was through the we work like had a free kind of membership thing and you put you put a post up on the kind of community thing and i was like this guy this guy like the, the way you phrased the message was just so like approachable and like the way you communicated, just just wanting to meet. And I was like, this guy seems cool. So I just reached out and said, hey, do you want to go for some food? And I remember us going into that. You took me to a little, um, I've forgotten what it was, like maybe a burrito place or something. And we had to, we just had some <laughs> dinner. We chatted, we chatted for a while. And then kind of the rest is kind of history. And I think we've, we've bumped into each other in Bali. We've bumped into each other in London. We've bumped into each other in Dubai. And oh, that's right. Yeah, remember that? We went for some uh, 
Lebanese food. That was yeah, uh, sure. it was nice, a real nice place. Yeah, awesome. yeah. So <laughs> it, we've just sort of, I mean, probably more more you than me, but we've we've sort of bumped into each other over and over again. And I, I just I just think you're you're very good. Um, just it, it feels like there's there's a, a real connection with you you know when, when whenever we meet sort of thing it's like it's like i'm the i'm your best friend in the world and we've known each other for ages and that's a real real kind of special connection so i i i absolutely your your enthusiasm to to meet people and and say yes is 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 palpable like all the time so uh yeah that's how that's how we met i just remember thinking this guy knows how to how to communicate You're <laughs> very very good communicator so um yeah and that was back in sydney and then you know Wow, that's incredible. I didn't remember all that, but thank you. Thank you very much. And it means a lot to me, dude. It means a lot to me. Okay. <laughs> I kind of feel ashamed that I took you to burrito place on our first date, but it might have been burrito. I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm proud of the many things that I made happen for myself, my career, the, the community and the network that I, I've built for myself. But then I am the result of the people that I've met along the way. Like mm. Everything I know, um, I'm I'm not better than any person. My score is 100, just like any other person on this planet. Um, and I learn from everyone I meet. And yeah, some people come to my life and I might never see them again, but it was an enjoyable encounter. And you you I hear a different story and some stay with you for years and you never know. Um, what, one of the reasons that I'm, I'm trying to be kind and nice to, to every person that I meet is that I learned the hard way that you never know who you're going to meet again and where in the world. Like I had a terrible date in London, which was like, ended up in like deleting the numbers. And um, and then you end up sitting together in Medellin, Colombia in a co-working space a year and a, and a year later. So yeah, you know, it's like, I, yeah, you never know where you meet people. I met people in Russia and six months later, we walk up next to each other in the hospital in, uh, in Canada. Um, so it's a, it's a small planet, everyone, know everyone out the world is connected so this is why i mean I'm, I'm trying to be kind of nice and meet people and help everyone i can and inspire people to to live their best life mm. you're forever leaving breadcrumbs is kind of the way i look at it you're like you, you just <laughs> you're always trace tra- traceable that sounds like weird and perverted but like you know you yeah just exactly what you're saying you never know how things are kind of kind of kind of swing around but um so i mean this is obviously a tech show and um you know, we're obviously more inclined to be interested in more tech stuff, but what, are there any non, because tech jobs, right, for a digital nomad, tech jobs seem to be the most obvious choice because you work from your laptop. Are there any non-tech jobs that actually are, would you consider a digital nomad? I'm trying to think, like, you need to kind of be remote, right? You need to be remote and you need to be able to do your work uh, from the computer, but I, I recently came back from Bulgaria, from Bansko. There was uh, the Bansko Nomad Festival, 350 people from all over the world. And for me, that was the, the, the stamp that like, you no longer need to be a coder or a web designer or an influencer to be a digital nomad. I met people from all different walks of life doing all different professions, you know, people in astrology. All right. How do you take astrology, a thousand old, uh, years old um, profession and become a digital nomad with it. Well, you do, you just offer your services online. Now uh, there is a guy who's a, who's a doctor and he started to put videos on YouTube of his residency. And last year he made $1.3 million on YouTube 
Jesus. Just sharing his life as a doctor in residency, right, in the States. And like, you can become um, a car mechanic and say, okay, I'm going to help people via webcam. You know, you're stuck on the middle of the road, just do a, a live Zoom call with me. I'll try to, to help you show me what, yeah, what it looks like. And I might try to fix it or just forward you to the right person who can help you in, in your space. You, t- you see people taking a very traditional jobs and digitize, digitize them. Mm-hmm. You, you can make uh, gloves at home and, and sell them online, but you're still a glove maker and this is what you like to do. You can be a carpenter and start a YouTube channel or a blog about it. And you can start to do, take your professional hobbies into the, the digital space. So yes, a lot of people are starting to, yes, you cannot be a carpenter while being a digital nomad, but you can do different things in this space and earn a good living and income that actually allow you to focus on being a carpenter and enjoy what you, you really want to do. Right. So it's, I don't want to say for anyone and everything, but if we think about most jobs today, 70% of them, 70% of the jobs, 70% of the work is done on a computer. Mm. I suppose even if you're not a digital nomad, you know, every, every like car manufacturing, like you say, carpenter, they're all probably using computers anyway, or some sort of automation or robotics or things like that. So it's, uh, I guess it's, it's, whether you're a digital nomad or not, I guess this idea of physical work is is dying a death, really, because even if you feel like you don't use tech, you probably are. There's probably a system set up, you know, uh, that enables you to do what you do that's technology-based. So I, I believe that luck is the result of hard work. Uh, it's one of my favorite saying that when you think about it, uh, first, we're very lucky. If you have a phone, if you listen to this podcast, uh, you mean connect, you, it means you're connected to the internet. You probably have hot shower and roof above your head. You are at the very top of, of human beings on uh, at least um, quality of life on, on this planet. And we don't appreciate it. And then when it comes to luck is the result of hard work, we don't work very hard nowadays. Most of us just type on some plastic buttons and get paid in the end of the month. We work long hours. We put some effort, but uh, we're not construction builders and we don't work in the land. Um, that much anymore. So um, it's really nice to, to feel spoiled and complain. Everybody loves to complain no matter where they're from in the world. Uh, and that's fine. I complain too sometimes. But yeah, the, it's it, a lot of jobs are being automated or we see them just disappear and machines taking over. But it opens a lot of opportunities as well. If you want to have a secure job for the rest of your life, uh, then go be a barber. I don't see any technology taking over this anytime soon. But with the rise of, of the machine also comes a lot of people who need to maintain the machine and write the code and program it and maintain it. So we still see mechanics, but they will fix and maintain the machines that build the machines rather than yeah. just uh, the product. Um, it's interesting. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting shift uh, in our life uh, thanks to um, technology and machines and automation and then when we'll have autonomous cars in 25 years that that will be the the second big wave of of this century i think Mm. i um i i watched a video uh, last week and it was it was i mean i think this is not tremendously um new news but it was a doctor actually performing surgery on someone 
you know, remotely, completely remotely. And they've got their kind of gear this side and their, you know, their actions this side of the world that are affecting, uh, you know, something over the other side of the world. It'd be, be really interesting when that becomes commonplace and like robots that do that are, are, are cheaper and more efficient because then being a digital nomad, you could, you could become a hairdresser as a digital nomad because you could do that on the other side of the world, you know. Latency is a bit of a problem there though, isn't it? Well, I mean, hopefully the infrastructure is <laughs> there to, uh, to, to, to compensate for that. But, you know, that doctor had to perform a surgery. Uh, so, yeah, latency would, um, would have to be overcome pretty, pretty significantly for that to work. As, as big of a fan of remote work and remote travel and digital nomad lifestyle, I also a big fan of the human touch. And I don't think any technology, and I hope that no te- technology can compensate for the real life meetup, right? Sitting in front of a person, it's, it's a sense and a feeling that I don't think technology can, can replace. Uh, it's, it's for the same reason that you know, you've seen Machu Picchu in million photos on the internet but it feels different. You still travel, you take the 12 hours flight to Peru, the three hours flight to Cusco, and then you hike for another three days to see it in, in your own eyes. And then it's a wow effect. Why is it? There is a, a sensation when we see something in, in real life in front of us. So I don't think any technology can replace this. And uh, the biggest trend of 2022 should be uh, work from the office. That would be the... The, the new trend, you know, people will want to go to the office because what we see now during COVID, this is a terrible way to, to, to practice remote work, uh, staying at home, lockdown, forced to work from home. And if you have family and your kids at home, is, is, it doesn't make it comfortable and your partner might uh, work from home as well. So this is not what we people in my space had in mind when we thought about remote work. I don't think everyone, you know, everybody to, to work remote as well, right? So I'm, I'm waiting for COVID to kind of die down, yeah. finger crossed, and then to see what's the real new normal of hybrid work and how many people will choose to work remote. Give, I, when I started to, to work remote, I was so afraid that all my colleagues would say, wow, I want to live like this. I want to travel the world. And I kind of muted me myself on Instagram a little bit. I blocked some of my colleagues on Instagram. Because I was afraid if they will go to HR and ask to work remote, HR will say, instead of them going remote, they will call Dean and say, hey, Dean, you need to come back to the office because you know, people are you know, asking questions. And it, it, the opposite happened. Like People said, yeah, I mean, it's really cool what Dean is doing and I enjoy following him, but I don't want to do it for myself. I, I don't want to travel <laughs> every day, different place. I want to be close to my family. I want to be in the office. I enjoy the, the vibe and the culture. So... I'm a big fan, again, of remote work. This is what I stand for. But then at the same time, I understand why people want to be in the office. I go to co-working spaces because I want to be surrounded by people. The whole the whole COVID thing and, and remote working as it stands right now is very novelty, I think, is people aren't, you know, people are trying to figure it out. People are enjoying it. Let them enjoy it. Let them, let them be on a Zoom call with no underwear on or whatever it is. You know, let them enjoy that for a moment. Yeah, that's not what I do. I don't do that. What? <laughs> Hang on a minute. We've been on a call before and you've you've had to turn your camera off so you could stand up and adjust the window. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got me. You got me. But you know, I, I too am 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 eager to see where this goes and how it how it settles, how the dust settles. Um I would hope, going back to your point around human touch and all the rest of it, I would hope that by enabling, you know, having technology enable a lot of this remote work and that it frees up a lot of brain capacity to to 
want to go and see people more. I've got more time. I've got more energy. And, and then you crave that human connection. I would hope it goes that direction. I hope it's not the other direction of people just becoming lazy and slob. I mean, there will be people who want to be lazy and slobs and that's not a bad thing. That's just, they, they're just, you know, that's just what they want to do and, and chill out and stuff. But um, I hope it enables people to be more energetic, more, more uh, crave life a lot more because of the simplicity around work. But it's not just that though, either, is it? Because I mean, I was watching a movie with the wife at the weekend and there were people walking up to one another, greeting each other and shaking each other's hands. And we're going, oh, that's weird. Remember when we used to shake hands? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this has changed the world forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows where it goes? I think there's, there's dust to settle, as I say. And um, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't go that route. That would, I mean, it is quite weird, you know. I, I'm trying to bring back the Roman handshake, you know. That, that to me is... That to well, me hang is on, weird. that's a bit over the top, isn't it? It's I a bit mean, too much connection there, isn't yeah, it? Too yeah. much physical connection. I like the, I, I do like the elbow bump. I'm a big fan yeah. of the elbow bump, fist bump and the fist bump. Yeah. Um, so what made you become a digital nomad, Dean? What, what's, what, what was the catalyst to you think, screw all this, I'm off. I I never had the aspiration or even the idea or dream to become a digital nomad because uh, this lifestyle did not exist when I grew up. Um, I was born in 82. And for me, coming from Israel, the most lucrative uh, job or career step up you could, you could make is to have a relocation job, right? So you work for a tech company, they relocate it uh, to Europe or, or to the States for four or five years, you make a little bit of money, and then you go back to Israel. That, that was the Israeli dream, you would say. And then what happened, I, I, I found that, that relocation job. I moved to San Francisco and very quickly, I, my visa, it, the, the process for the visa took a little bit longer than expected and I couldn't stay any, anymore in the state. So they told me go work remote and in two, three months time when the visa is ready, come back to, to the States. And that's what I did. I started to work remote. I went to Japan and Taiwan and, and Spain and Portugal. And then the visa arrived and said, okay, come back. And I said, like, uh, sorry, no way. I'm, I'm going back to the office life and the nine to five. I got hooked on this. I met amazing people. I started to see more people working with laptops in coffee shops. And I learned that there are co-working spaces. And I met people and I started having this chance. Like, oh yeah, this is, this is how we live. This is how we do it. And I understood, understood this is possible and it exists. And now... We take a step back. I'm uh, my mom is a tour guide leader, so from a very early age, my mom I saw my mom traveled around the world, came back with stories, with gifts, presents, um, and a lot of friends from around the world coming stay with us. Uh, my parents would like had like an Airbnb before Airbnb was a thing, so always was very curious about who are these people, where they come from, what are these stories, what are these chocolates that they bring with them, with them, the languages they speak. So. I always had the desire to travel the world. I wanted to work for like an airline or hotel chain, send me around the world, let me be in a different place uh, every day. And then I found out that it's possible without being tied to, uh, to the profession with the travel. And that was like the perfect, perfect balance. And I proved that it works. When I told this the, that I want to keep remote, um, they told me simple words, you earned it. You proved that your output is just as good uh, involved in the company culture people know you they like you you're a great um a person to work with like why not and i think this is what companies should allow now to people like why not let's try it say yes and, and let it be so 
this is how I step up on. And then just saying yes to different things. You know, I never planned to become a speaker and the company reached out to me. They saw my stories on Instagram. I like, hey, do you want to give a talk about your lifestyle? I was like, yes, let's, let's do it. And of course she said, yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and you become a speaker and then TV wants to interview you and then you want to start a network. And yeah, it just grows. But this is how I became a digital nomad. I, I never, I didn't know it exists. I didn't know what a digital nomad is. Nice. Um, stumble into it then as, as with most things. But um, speaking of your network then, what is so this is a digital nomad social network how is that going what was the well have you built it are you designing it where, where are you at with that so i'll mention the first one which is digital nomad israel uh, as a result of my talk a lot of people asked me more and more and more questions they wanted to learn more so i decided to start an online community on facebook and from eight people three years ago it's now twenty three thousand people it's the fourth largest facebook group for nomads in the world uh, super active and engaged, it takes a lot of pride. And now I'm trying to, to scale it. And I started the Digital Nomad World with uh, two more co-founders here in Israel. And the idea is to have really a single um, social network and website with all the information and details that any digital nomad need, right? Like from health insurance to relationships, to information about cities, jobs, career, everything and anything you need. And to really give a good aspect of community. The real pandemic of um, our times is not COVID-19, is the loneliness. We're becoming more and more lonely, disconnected. We see we are connected through digital means, but we uh, are not as uh, social in real life as before. A lot of people deal with real loneliness and I think community really bridged this gap. And, and this is why we see communities flourish on, on platforms like Facebook. And I'm just trying to create something uh, bigger and more connected around this lifestyle. So Digital Nomad World is uh, an existing network, existing website. You can go check it out. Uh, just Google Digital Nomad World. And we're starting to build it. And it will be a beautiful thing. And with the hope to, to connect all digital nomads, regardless of their hobbies and interests. How long have you been building Digital Nomad World? Uh, we started earlier this year, I think, um, we kicked off the you know, programming and everything in March. Oh, wow. And yeah, we're now five, six months in and it's, it's live. It's still like an early beta. We don't uh, push it too much, but it's live and it's happening. And we see more and more people join the network every day. I would have expected that it had taken you a little bit longer to build this because there's so much information on it. I mean, the, um, the, the city guides alone are incredible actually i mean there's a lot more information on there than you'd, you'd find in um you know you'd normally go to lonely planet for something like like this you know and actually yeah. there's a lot more information a lot more relevant information on it there there are other websites uh out there uh some of them doing a better job less of a good job but what we decided to to do the best uh to have the best platform for digital nomads so there's a great uh, informative website out there, but the community is lacking. And then there are great communities, but then you won't find the, the right information. So I'm a big believer in collaboration rather than competition. So it's not just me and my two talented partners, but we hired people to, to get out the best content, to write good content about the city guys. It's not something that I put by myself, but we paid professionals. This is what they do to, to create the, the city guide. 
And we are now talking to thousands of partners around the world, the best co-working spaces, the best, host best hostels and co-leaves and so on um, to vet out um, the best, best of, of anything, any service for, for digital nomads. And I think that would be the, the biggest promise. Uh, you go to digital nomad, you ask any question you have and you get the right answer, uh, the right answer for you. I think this is what uh, would be beautiful. And you know, I bring my own experience, my, my uh, co-founders experience and the people on, on the network. A lot of people reach out to me with questions and then I tell them, don't ask me, I'm just one brain in the space. Go ask the community, get hundred thousands of brains and all this uh, knowledge and experience. Yeah, I think I might have to start using this just for holidays, actually. It's great. <laughs> I mean, knowing where the best neighborhoods are and uh, the best bars and those sort of things is, uh, you know, cuisines and nightlife. And it's an amazing amount of information on here because it's not just about the, the the working side of things. I mean, I haven't even really gone through um, the, the job side of things in in, more, in, in that much detail, but the, 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 um, the cities is fascinating. You can just keep browsing through that. It's a great resource. Mm. Yeah, you, you, you won't find any more information on the internet than, than what we have. It's very, very extensive and it's going to get better. It's amazing. Thank you. So surprised from having from from looking at it, the amount of information that there that's there, it's uh, it's it's fascinating. Judging um, from Chris's question right from the beginning around what how businesses can can adopt this, is there any anywhere on here, or is there any um, ambition to have a kind of you know employers side employers information, how they can adopt remote work workers, these these companies we've spoken about, you know, um, let's deal papaya and, and spatial and uh, you know, omnipresent, I'll plug it again. <laughs> um sounds like there's there, there could be some room there to actually help employers now. So it's rather than rather than um appealing just to the digital nomads, but it's also the flip side of that. Is there any ambitions there at all? Not with this platform. I know there are other networks um, that are trying to talk uh, to both sides of the spectrum, the employees and the employers. Mm. And I believe that the companies that we mentioned before might try to help companies also with the culture and not just to set up an entity and, and employ people. Um, there are amazing individuals out there that companies can hire to help and have this conversation with the company to set up the remote work. You know, this is what I do part-time. Uh, part I help companies to adopt remote work and how you do it and what's the right setup and understand if it's right for the employees and how you do it. You do it in one shot or you do, you do it gradually. What tools to adopt? You know, it's, it, there are many, many tools out there to help you to collaborate. And also um, a person, like if I now I have the freedom to work remote, how do I do it? How do I find the flight? What do I do about travel insurance? Um, how, do, how do I go about productivity and internet connection? So companies can give you also physical tools to make sure that you're always connected. Uh, you have the right setup, you know, the right stand for the laptops, a good, a good mice or the right keyboard, et cetera. And, and also have a community. You don't want to have an employee go somewhere and have be lonely. You know, it could be connect them with, with colleagues. Um, it's been I, I don't meet with my clients face to face for business, but if I'm in Brazil and I have a client there, I would love to grab a beer with them. Even if it's like, you know, not business um, dinner, et cetera. So um, help them to go explore these places, provide them with, with the tools. I need a backpack, give them a backpack that will go a long way. A lot of people want now to want to, to work remote because this it's very sexy and it's out there and everybody's doing it. Uh, the company need to help them to do it, do it right. 
don't send them to Thailand the first <laughs> first time. Can we yeah? Uh, can we talk about some of these tools a little bit? Because you mentioned uh, spatial, and I think having virtual working environments, I think, is a very intriguing thing. I think a number of organizations over the last you know few years have been well certainly the last two years have been looking into these in, in in more detail now that everyone's pretty much working remote have you had much success with these sort of tools i mean spatial looks interesting certainly uh i have no interest in any of the companies that i mentioned today it's really just pure great services and tools and, and spatial is something that i got exposed to just just a week or two ago um, in a conference for digital nomads, and it's basically a Zoom space. It's a, it's a live video chat space that looks like an actual venue. And what's beautiful about it is you move your avatar, you it's, it gives you the same experience as you are in a venue. So you hear only the people that you are next to, right? You can maybe slightly hear someone in the background and so you can jump a conversation. It gives you this office or venue uh, like um, experience. So I think that would be, I'm, I'm trying this now with my community and, and work. And I think set up, you can use any, any software out there, this uh, focus hours that, you know, me and you, Chris, we go live in front of each other. Like we go in the office, just chat, chit chat for 10 minutes. Like, how's your day? What did you do uh, last evening? Uh, what movie you watch? And then what's your task for today? I need to do ABC in the next two hours. And then we, turn off microphones, we keep on the cameras and basically just a focus body, right? So, and, and there is a w- website called Focus Body that will um, connect you with a random person from around the world to, to be your focus body. So you just sit down and you, you do your work. <laughs> so this is one beautiful tool. And there are also, I can't remember now, there's a service that does it help with companies to set up this, um, this space. And this is, I think, uh, a good way to keep accountability and Stay on top of it again. A lot of people need to be. I like to go to Cork or coffee shops because I I like when I have um, people work around me. It, it motivates me to sit down and work. Other tools that I like. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of of all the the Slack and the MS Teams and I'll allow the freedom to have groups for just random stuff and jokes and and hobbies. Don't keep it just for. Uh, it's how you use these tools, right? So allow allow just fun conversation happening and um, in different channels and also experiences. So especially now we work remote, you still want to feel connected. There are different services and they are locally in, in different countries, but what's the name of the States? It, it basically benefits for remote employees. So if my company is having an happy hour in the office, they will send me like a, a six pack, you know, using one of the, the many eat food services, food delivery services out there. So here I have my beer and I can join them. I feel part of the company. And it's amazing to be 6,000 miles away from, from the office and receive this small gesture. It's, it's incredible. It makes you feel so much better uh, and part of the company, part of the culture. I'm curious about I'm curious about these avatar type things in more detail. I mean, do you think that people are, do you think that's a direction we're going in? Are we all going to be playing in this 3D or playing and working in this 3D world? I mean, there's been 3D world things going on for you know as long as the internet's existed, um, but they've always been games. Like, is it going to is this the future of work? Are we all going to be living in The Sims? <laughs> I don't see myself carry a VR set with me everywhere I go. And it's not a direction I would 
love to see like head in this direction. But if this can give us a slightly better experience than the, the current video rooms that we have, it might be, oh, and I think yesterday I met with 20 people from the community. We did like a, a co-work uh, session today and all of them told me, wow, it's the first time that I see your body. Like I, I'm used to see your, um, you know, just from shoulders up, people see me as the avatar. And it might be, yeah, maybe it's nice to, to be able to walk in a room, even if it's just a virtual room and, and get the sense of the people. You know, a lot of people like to dress up uh, and we use fashion as a statement and just put ourselves out there. Uh, if you know Sam long enough, you probably know that. Uh, Sam used to have a really interesting collection of, of shirts. <laughs> Are you still uh, sporting them? <laughs> <laughs> just boring now. I'm just wearing boring shirts now. <laughs> Not used to it. Well, so if we have this digital avatar and we can really put ourselves and who we are through the fashion and accessories and the space that we choose to to meet, even if it's a virtual space, that might that might be interesting um, direction. There would be more and more effort to bridge the distance. Uh, but as I said, I hope we will stop at a certain point that it will not try to replace it but just to add another layer to this virtual world. I don't want my company tell me, don't come to the office. Let's just go on VR chat room and, and that's it. Like mm. that. it changes the dynamic with my colleagues, with my friends, with my um, clients. I can work with them for two years and have like a good business relation. And then I have one dinner with them in person and the entire dynamic changes forever. Mm. It would be interesting to see where this goes, though, because I'm sensing a trend there. Absolutely, what you're saying is I think these tools are great for sort of productivity-related things actually getting work done, but they're not necessarily good for human connection. However, it would be worth just trialing it for six months, and let's let's just let's just live a virtual life and and see where it goes. Because you never know. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Dean. Like my my immediate reaction to something like this is like, how can we replace having a beer and, and chilling out together? It doesn't seem, if it was wrong, it feels, you know, scary in some sort of ways, but I would be interested, you know, say yes, Dean, just say yes, just try it for a bit. See if there is something, something we can capture. Cause yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm rewatching this video now on spatial about people getting work done and stuff like that. Cause I think there is, there is some, there is some space here to try and, because collaboration is slowly getting there. Like, um, have you ever used Miro, uh, Dean? I'm not sure if that's in the world that you, you no. work within, but um, something like Miro is a very collaborative whiteboard tool, basically. And Figma being a design tool, the fact that they're collaborative, yes, it's in a 2D space, but I think we're getting there. We're, we're, we're entering and, and growing into how collaboration can be done through through the virtual world but yeah, i'm a big fan of those, both of those tools i think if you if you had something like um i do quite like the idea of this spatial thing i am going to explore it more unfortunately it wasn't able to build my avatar properly because it mapped my map that is behind me on my wall <laughs> into being part of my face so uh, i'll try that again a bit later but <laughs> maybe you just need a good uh, a good clean background. But I think um, it, you know if there's a combination like Slack is a, is one of those tools that brings uh, lots of other tools together into one sort of you know chat function. It's a grouping function. You know if there is a if there is a grouping level avatar you know virtual space that's able to bring in things like Figma and Miro and 
um, maybe some other text tools like Slack. I think that would be really interesting. I think it's a, an interesting and scary future at the same time, potentially. I, I will see, I, I believe we will see more effort to mimic the office space, um, like Mirror and Special and, and other uh, software. Because, you know, one of the challenges now is like today when you sit in an office and you need someone's help, you can just reach out to them and have a quick, quick chat. Rather than now you need to reach out on, um, on a chat and wait for them to, to reply. Are they there or they're not? Are they in a meeting? You, you don't always know that. Um, think about, a virtual space where you sit next to your colleague so you know if your colleague is there if he's available if he's working if he's typing or he's just chilling on on um you know leaning back and yeah you can just tap on their shoulder and say hey can, can i interrupt you can i ask you a question that that's an important of what uh, piece of what companies do this is what innovation and how we create new things and and this is something that a lot of company lost in in the recent uh, times because of covid and the switch to remote work. Uh, I also call for companies who adopt remote work and I tell them, don't, don't let them spread across the world. If you have um, a team that wants to go work remote, ask them to go to the same place, pay for the office, uh, rent a small office space in Barcelona and let them work from Barcelona, right? Offer them to do this for them. So you still keep the innovation, the culture and then all, and the, and the team connectivity, but you also allow them to to work remote. This is also something that I think we'll see more and more uh, happening. Companies basically uh, offering virtual offices pretty much everywhere around the world and allowing groups and people to, to connect. There are some services although already helping companies to do it. With, um, I can't, I, I, you might not have an opinion on this, so do let me know if this is, uh, you know, not in your, your realm, but I do wonder that, that we're talking as, you know, somewhat extroverted people here to, you know, speaking about wanting to collaborate, wanting to get together. How do you, how do you see, you know, this remote working, um, these remote working options as a way for people to actually escape and lean into their introverted side? Because it seems like a prime opportunity if you, if you just don't like people, which, you know, we can all get a bit dislike of people every now and again but are we are we forcing technology and and collaboration on people who just who just want their own space they'd they'd rather just sit at home and play with their dog while they're at work sort of thing you know do you have like any thoughts around that thing so i'm an israeli as a an israeli i have an opinion about everything and anything so (laughs) (laughs) i probably have two different opinions on, on this matter um it's interesting because this conversation about being an extrovert and introvert, yeah, you meet more extroverts when you travel, um, whether it's just travel or a digital nomad, but it's also you meet them because they're out there to meet you, right? Um, and I've met, I met few introverts and they just live the I, I, I'm obviously an, an extrovert and this is what, how I live my life and every, with everything I do. But it's actually an opportunity for them to live the way they want. Because if you're introvert and you're forced to come to the office and you must engage in these events and being remote allows you to keep this distance that you might want. But I can't speak to that because I'm not, I don't know the feeling and I'm, uh, I, I don't have this side uh, very much in, in myself. But I think the remote work and digital nomad lifestyle really allow you to be who you are and to express yourself in a much, much better way. 
whose idea was it to begin with that we all need to go to the same office or, you know, in the past, even to dress the same way, there's the dress code and uniform in many, many jobs and work five days a week. Whose idea, who came up with with this, who thought that people, um, you know, we used to think in, in averages, the average person would want to sit in an office on a desk with a computer, you know, but we are not, none of us is really the average we think about, right? Like if you take heights of all people in the world, so okay, the average height is one meter 70, but basically no one is one meter 70, everyone spread across. So uh, the digital nomad lifestyle and the remote work allow companies to much, much, much better give the right space and environment and, and tasks to the right people, whether you're an extrovert and introvert. And uh, it's, so, so I'm taking your question and I'm forcing a different uh, idea that it really allows everybody, regardless of their personality type, to, to be in the right space. And as our jobs become more of like a task based, it allows you to better divide those tasks to the right people. Mm. I, I, I guess as long as the, you know, obviously efficiency is the only word that comes to mind as, as to why we speak in averages, like even now companies like myself are looking for ways to be efficient and to average out processes. So you're, you're compensating for either ends of the spectrum. So um, if, if the company itself doesn't have these tools or systems in place to, to enable introverts and extroverts to, to work to the best of their ability, then it's, then it's a, it's a losing, it's a losing battle. But, um, but I, I can't help but feel like, you know, innovation, happens when people are pushed out of their comfort zones whether that's you know you need to you know your your revenue needs to be 300k this year and it was only it was 250 you know these these ways of being pushed out of your comfort zone is where innovation happens and i i just worry that i find myself being super lazy sometimes that can be wrong and if i'm not being pushed out of my comfort zone you know on my introverted days you know we all have them that you just sink into this, this state of, I don't know, just not really like normal normality of, of, of not really like pushing things and whatever. Like I'm sure, I'm sure your, your best efforts are achieved because you're being pushed out of your comfort zone. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting um, and, and difficult thing to, to balance. I, I agree with this statement, but what you said in the end, that yeah, like if you, sometimes if you work remote and you don't have the discipline and you don't have the people around you, you might, um, I don't want to say fall into, but yeah, you just do what you need to do. You might not push your boundaries, uh, might not try, try to, to innovate or create something uh, new. But a lot of innovation happens as a result now of people changing their lifestyle. We see it around COVID and other changes in our life. Uh, but then there, there is something to it. And this is why remote work is not for everyone. And individuals and companies need to be wary of this. It's definitely not everyone. And there is risk to companies of slowing down uh, business, there's also opportunity to increase business, right? Like me traveling with my job, I promote the company everywhere I go. I'm, I'm the face of the company around the world, talk to people, I put the word out. So there are advantages and there are disadvantages, but that's true to everything in life, I think. Yeah, it's a it's in, in very, very interesting uh, point. And this is what companies deal with. Like how do we measure, also how do you measure a change to your business to the bottom line and how do you tie it to the style of work if it's because people work remote 
uh, is the person's performance dropped because he now moved to Portugal or is it just before because the business environment is not right at this time? Not everything is easy to measure, mm. but you know, we, we mentioned number of tools and number of tech um, that allow you to measure as many things as we can, but it's all the end through conversation with people that we, we need to discover. There's so much more to do in this space. And you know, we, we saw a leap in number of people work remote that what people thought will take 10 years happened in a, in a three months time. This is like, oh, it's an unbelievable change. Not, not one that I'm very, I was hoping this experiment will go in a different way. And we are in the, one of the largest experiments in, in human history of how we adopt fast to such change. No, you talk to me, I'm one person and I definitely know companies that it didn't work for them, remote work and ask people to, to come back. And we actually see some of the biggest companies in the world, Facebook and Apple and Google that does not, are not going to adopt remote work as a, as a default. It's going to be a hybrid model, but it's not what they want to, to do. And I, and I understand them. I think there are a lot of opportunities for uh, small and, and medium-sized companies and both of productivity, getting better, uh, the right talent, and having this global outreach and also uh, the cost, of course, um, not having offices. If you have, if you raise two, three, four million dollars, uh, your burn rate in San Francisco, probably good enough for a year. If you decide to open your offices in Thailand, uh, you, you can expect a double debt. Mm. Speaking of like businesses failing and stuff like that, it's going to be, it has been, I don't know, an interesting discussion to turn, turn around and say remote working isn't working, whether that's from a company perspective or whether it's an individual perspective. Because I think a company can turn around and say, look, here are the numbers. Your productivity has gone massively down since you've worked remotely. We don't want, you know, we don't, we, we can't have you working remotely anymore. That's going to be, that must, that, that must be a conversation that needs to happen with someone somewhere. And a very difficult one because you, we have to constantly reassess this remote working thing. Yes, it works for you, um, but it's not working for the company, you know. And that's probably the biggest thing I learned from this conversation is what you said right at the beginning is that the responsibility falls on the individual more than it does on the company. I think if if people are wanting to experience remote working, being a digital nomad, whatever you want to call it. You've got your work cut out for you to, to remain social, to remain active, to have your input be on par with what it would be if you were in, in the office. And um, that's something I hadn't thought about. So that was uh, that's an interesting take. But it's, uh, it's something that needs to be reassessed as we, um, as we move forward and more people become remote, you know. Yeah, I, I really call all companies to consider and allow remote work. Uh, try it. Give it a chance. Say yes to it. Uh, if your employee asks for it, there is a reason why they want to try it and they might actually excel and be better employees. But then I keep telling all people that I talk to, all the individuals, it's on you to prove that this model works uh, and you need to work harder. You need to be available. You need to pick up the phone at hours, um, late hours because of the time difference and you need to make yourself available. And you know this the, the, the line between what's work and what's just recreational time in life, it's for me, it doesn't exist anymore. I'm always available. I, um, but this is how I compensate. And this is how I thank my clients and my company for allowing me to, to live the life I want. And in, in, I'm, I'm living amazing life. I'm 
incredibly happy. Twenty twenty was the best year of my life, and I'm I'm always apologize for saying it, but twenty twenty was the best year of my life. I was in Bal. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Not not just business wise, which was good, but the community I formed, the people I met. Uh, I, I I was in Bali, which life was normal, like bars and restaurants and cafes and co work. Like yeah, I remember you sending pictures. It's like they they haven't got a clue. They well, you know, they're just carrying on. <laughs> yeah, but I never forgot for a moment that I have a job and it's up to me to prove that this remote work model works. And I, people need to know when you work remote, you, you work more, not less. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, burnout was going to be another one of my questions, but I think we're, we're ready to wrap up here. But um, I think a lot of businesses hands have been forced over the last year. They had to adopt a remote working strategy, whether they wanted to or not. Um, you know, Susie, for instance, her company, they, they were a bit against it. Um, and there's a way to go in terms of figuring out now, as the, as we said, the dust settles, how can we embrace it and make it better? Because a lot of people aren't doing it right or they're not necessarily, um, well, that social and cultural aspect is something that they really need to think about, not just getting the work done, but how you maintain that culture. But um yeah, I, th- I think we're about ready to wrap up here, Dean, because I don't want to keep you any longer. But is there anything else you wanted to speak about? I, I can speak for, for hours and days uh, and, and on any topic, regardless of remote work. But um, <laughs> it's really been been a pleasure being on the show and uh, it's a great conversation. It's always interesting and you know, it would be great to meet again in six months or a, a year time and, and see where this uh, where we're heading with the virtual reality, with remote work, uh, whether people uh, went back to the office space uh, or not. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly curious about uh, the, the individuals really in the end. I think companies will flex and will allow it with time and, and in different setups, there will be essential workers that you need to, to have in the office every day. And there's no other way to do it. People who come to the office three to four days a week and then one day a month and, and so on. So we will see different models. And as I said, remote work and digital nomads is not about traveling the world all day. It's really to have the freedom to, to be um, where you choose and where you want to start your day. Uh, but it would be really interesting to see where, where we're heading. I wish, I want to say, I, w- I wish I could look into the future better way. Uh, I'm not like, I'm happy to see day by day how this um, uh, workspace and uh, remote work evolve. Super excited for anything that uh, that will come. Yeah, thank you for, for the time. It's great to, to see you again, hopefully yeah. in person sometime soon. Yeah. Um, I'll be touring um, Europe. No, I, I wanted to say it earlier, I, I travel for, for people more than I travel for the places. And that's what keeps me moving. And I think that what will be also the future of, of travel. We will see to meet our colleagues and friends and family that we haven't seen for a long time. And we will hug them. Um, no, some weird handshakes or something like that. <laughs> uh, we, I, I don't think we, uh, I hope not, that we will stay with this like... Um, elbow handshake or something weird like that and we will go back to, to our normal life with the risk that associated with it mm-hmm. yeah thanks a lot and for everyone listening say yes please as much give yourself a week of yes and see what brings to your life and then go explore we have a beautiful world just turn off the news and um enjoy the the beauty of the world there is so much out there very cool thanks Dean. <laughs>